0: Thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice, and for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and endogenics. oh yeah good morning everybody hope you are all having an amazing day today but that's right it is friday december 8th and today is national crossword solvers day for all you smarty little bookworms out there it's also Bodie day national salesperson day national brownie day and i think this might be one of my favorites right here today is pretend to be a time traveler day and we all know i know how to travel through time but thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us it's also high noon on the east coast and please remember to like share and subscribe to us on all social media platforms you can use that bar down below on the screen to see where we live on the internet and we are live every monday through friday on youtube and now we are also streaming live to twitch rumble twitter and facebook so welcome to everyone joining us from any of those audiences and we are going to kick it off today that's right oh we're going to switch it up a little bit we're going to start it off with chris eggers he's former law enforcement who used to be a cop and a detective for the sfpd and now he does cannabis security because you know they need it up there that's right it is none other than mr chris
1: eggers good morning Good morning. Hello, all of my correspondents, everyone listening. Jason, thank you so much. Hello, hello. My article today, uh, short article, but wanted to, to utilize some time and ask um, my correspondents a question afterwards. Um, but my article today comes out of Culver City. Three suspects sought in a robbery at a dispensary. Uh, authorities said on Thursday that they need help. You got to mute, to mute Dale. Dale, you got to mute. Go, keep going, Chris. Keep
0: going, Chris. Just keep going. Uh,
1: Authorities on Thursday sought the public help to find three suspects who robbed a a man at gunpoint of about 120 pounds of marijuana outside a dispensary in Culver City. Wednesday at about 7.35 p.m. This occurred in the 3700 block of Robertson. Um, The victim was unloading an estimated 120 pounds of marijuana when two suspects exited a vehicle with handguns and robbed him of the marijuana. Uh, There's a little bit of suspect description, a silver Honda. Uh, and ultimately this looks like a press release from the Culver City PD through local media uh, asking the public's assistance. But really, I guess my question I wanted to bring up with this uh, to my fellow correspondents, we're starting to see, or I'm at least starting to see, um, more of these types of stories being reported in the media, um, this year, as opposed to what I believe was less last year that I saw, I see more of it in the media this year than last year. Um, certainly, you know, this has been an ongoing problem and nothing new. Um, you know, it's not a new issue in the industry by any means, but my question would be, do we think, do you guys think that, um, media more and more reporting on this is good or bad? Um, you know, one argument that it could be bad is that people you know, who ultimately aren't committing these crimes right now will start because they see that you know, this stuff is happening. Um, the good argument could be that you know, it's good to get this information out so people are made aware, but I'm sure, you know, and I know that people in the industry already are aware that this is an ongoing problem. So how do we feel about the media uh, increasingly reporting on uh, theft, robberies, and burglaries in the cannabis industry? Well,
0: I'll tell you what, if they didn't report on crime thefts and burglaries, we'd have a lot less news to report every day, Chris.
1: There you go. Just for starters. Appreciate that comment. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I think it's good that it's being reported on, you know, the general public is aware. But the one one concern I have is, you know, again, we have a retail theft problem in this country, period. Uh, this issue is not specific to the cannabis industry, uh, and I don't want to see or hear the argument, um, you know, that that licensed cannabis um, businesses, you know, bring and uh, you know bring in more crime. As we know, there's a high standard of of security and cameras and and things like that uh, in the industry that law enforcement relies on outside of investigations related to cannabis. Uh, specifically, you know, hit and runs. Um, you know, I would always tell people when I was a footbeat officer in, in San Francisco on Market Street, you know, keep a log of when law enforcement asks for your cameras, you know, and use that as a data point in community meetings and things like that because uh, law enforcement does rely and is well aware that uh, these businesses have, um, you know, more cameras than, than typical retail or other types of businesses. Uh, and obviously, it's a requirement. So, um, you know, there is a reliance on law enforcement, and they do utilize um, cannabis businesses uh, on investigation specifically and mostly, in my experience, related to hit-and-run and, and vehicle accidents and things like that. Um, but, you know, as the media more, and more reports on this, I think it's, I think it's a, a net positive. But, you know, to be clear, uh, my stance has always been that, you know, we have a retail theft problem in, a, in, a, in this country, and it's not specific to cannabis. Um, I don't believe that cannabis... Businesses, you know, bring in uh, additional crime, but it is important to report on.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and I would say in, in regards to this story, I'm just kind of torn because they didn't really give descriptions other than their clothes. Um, Hold on. The descriptions like were terrible. Yeah, I, I understand. Listen, I I understand. You know the stigma and everything. If it's an African American male or if it's a a Latino male or whatever like that, I understand like the stigma and the, and, and the rates and everything and the the overall um, psychological effect. You keep on hearing it's a black male. I keep on hearing that it's a brown male uh, doing this stuff. Uh, but if you can just say the assailants weren't found, uh, rather than just saying oh they were wearing dark clothing and one was six foot, one was five eight, like that really doesn't help anything at all. Right? Just say like the assailants got away, or give the full description. I don't. I don't think like I. I think that's just like bullshit. Like reporting. I understand what they're trying to. What they're trying to do. What they're trying to alleviate. But um, like just don't say anything like about the description at all, or give a proper description. If you really want the people to know this information, if you want these people to get caught, then you have to give an accurate description of who the assailants were.
0: I, I, I totally agree with you on that, Rico. Because the 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 reality of the these descriptions is like one was wearing a a, a black a black hoodie with 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 right. white with, with white with white spots. It could be anybody. But no no. But with it yeah. said, black hoodie. I'm wearing with white a white black spots.
3: hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing a black hoodie. So th- th- this is. I think it's an important point at how we're describing it, but it's also incumbent upon perhaps reporters who are overworked and, and often yeah. are not doing their homework, that that there, there are two key issues here. You said it first, Chris, the chief of police of Los Angeles a few years ago when we were trying to control, tax, and regulate cannabis for adult use said, oh, crime goes up around dispensaries. And then he did a study and discovered crime went down around dispensaries. And then mm-hmm. he actually went on the news and said, you know what, I was wrong, which I almost fell over. Uh, but the fact, is is he admitted he was wrong that crime goes down property crime crimes against others muggings because you now have eyes on the street walking the block to make sure that crime isn't happening to the dispensary so overall crime goes down however especially here in california prop 47 which (laughs) we were supportive of in spirit but the second thing that chris said is this is a problem across the board when it happens to banks, when it happens to jewelry stores, when it happens to convenience stores, and certainly when it happens to cannabis dispensaries. The difference between all of those is we don't have safe banking. And I think that that needs to be underlined with an exclamation point every time we have this conversation about crime, whether it's to the dispensary or their customers. And at the end of the day, Oaksterdam has turned over tape hundreds of times to law enforcement for muggings other property crimes around us for exactly the same reason that you just said is we will not abide crimes against others and violent crime. Cannabis isn't the crime and let's help our community law enforcement end it. But if you're shoveling shit into the tide and you arrest them and they're released and there's no consequences, this is now how people make a living and the larger issue also needs to be addressed.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know it's uh, up in uh, Northern California. It's, crazy it is crazy up there and um uh, it's only gonna get worse it's only gonna get worse with the uh, uh with the uh, wealth gap widening and um like, listen i understand you know i'm a big data person myself i understand like the 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 the, the broad data implica- uh, implementation uh, implications and it'll be good in the long term for communities of color uh, you know, with, uh, was it uh, a prop, was it Prop Forty Seven? I want to say um, mm-hmm. when they uh, raised uh, uh, raised the uh, the limit for uh, um, theft that you can actually get uh, popped for or go go to jail for. But um, like right now in these economic times, like it isn't doing nobody good, and these 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 cats are just getting right back on the streets and doing the same shit over and over and over again, and um, it ain't safe. As a uh, as a father of a, a, a young daughter right now, like. I'm thinking about getting the fuck out of California uh, because I can't properly uh, protect my family right now mm. um, um, with the um, w- with the necessary measures that um, I was brought up uh, th- th- to know that will protect my family. I can't do that legally here, and um, I feel like it's not a fair fight right now.
3: That law no. is across the country, though, my friend. That's an ATF policy, so you are not legally allowed no, know, to protect can, you can your protect family your... anywhere you live no, and no, no, violent no, no, gun in, 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 in California, California, no, California. In
2: fire with fire in other states. Yeah, in, in, the, in the guns, the guns that I have legally in other states, like. I can't legally have here um, and these are the guns that are readily available on the streets for these criminals and a lot of them like yo they have no other option they can't afford in LA they it- can't afford to live in uh, um, um, in San Francisco and so they get it out they get out they're gonna get it and. um Unfortunately, a lot of people are getting caught up. A lot of people are getting popped right now, and um, it's just yeah. not a fair fight. Look at that! Look at that one guy. You're just
3: got popped for having a gun and drugs. It's not legal anywhere in the country. I don't care who you are. Right now, we do yeah, not have Second that's, Amendment that, protections. That's that,
0: that's not the bigger problem. The bigger the bigger problem is the fact that you can't you can't protect yourself even in those situations in the state of California right now. We just have that one guy. Um, he was he was a a distro operator. He was all over the news. A little while ago, he had he had a home a home invasion robbery. Okay, and then he started shooting at him, and now he's getting charged with it
3: because he's not allowed to have a gun because he is a marijuana. Like, this is—there's two different—look, the streams have crossed here, okay? They're both a problem, and I'm not saying that what you are describing isn't also a problem, but at the end of the day, no citizen in America has their Second Amendment right, full stop, because of the current policies. So you can say California versus Arkansas, but at the end of the day, none of us are allowed to have a gun to protect ourselves because we are cannabis consumers or we are in the business of cannabis,
2: well, if, 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 well, yes, Dale, um, I would take it a, a step further with my argument. I'm saying as a California citizen, when these guys, these young guys and gals are running around in the streets and they're doing armed robbery and shit like that, it's not a fair fight. You cannot legally have in California, the same type of heat, the same type of equipment to protect yourself as a citizen. If you take the cannabis out of it, let's just say I don't smoke weed at all. I'm a legal gun owner. You do not have the same equipment as these people do on the streets. That part. And you cannot properly, you cannot properly protect your home, protect your family like you can in other States in California. And that's, that's how I feel, you know, as a father living in this city, it's like yo, like I'm always on high alert, and I don't like being like that. I'm I'm not a, a high strung person. Open, my friend. Like I
3: feel you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you no, know, that's what I'm saying. saying. Like it's even
2: exactly. worse up. It's even worse up north. Mm-hmm. Like like it's crazy times we're living in right now, and there's not enough money and opportunity for people at the bottom, so you know how they get it. They see they see these nice cars, they see this nice shit everywhere. I'm seeing the YSL store getting run up on, on Rodeo Drive yep. right now. It's, it's, it's not just like, like a little petty theft no more. Like, they know exactly what the amount is, where, where they won't be popped for a felony, they won't be uh, held uh, for that, and they keep on doing it over and over and over again. I've seen people getting shot at. I see uh, there's a um, I actually moved out of uh, South Central and I saw less action in South Central uh than I have recently when I moved to Gardena. There's
3: like a code in South Central, there's mm-hmm. no code anymore of uh mm-hmm. yeah, no the honor. Games, the,
2: yeah, the games all messed up and 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 the cops ain't coming uh, quick enough and and, and the and the cops for some reason uh, there's, a, there's a management problem. You can speak to this Chris, there's a management problem with uh, police. There's uh because it's all decentralized, there's, it's just not it's it's, it's everything's messed up. Right now. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, there's there's a you know, internally within law enforcement they call it and they would never admit to this, but you know, behind the curtain I can tell you they they call it the fireman mentality, which is I'm gonna sit at the station until I get the until I get a call. And if it's a top priority call, they gotta go. One or an A priority, anything like a two or three or a B or a C, you know, a sergeant's not gonna be, you know, pushing officers out the door. Um, and just walk by, you know, Tenderloin Station. Walk by Central Station in San Francisco, and look at all of the patrol cars not patrolling, but you know, in front of the station. And you know, that's what they call it inside: is you know, fireman mentality. You know, I'm, what I'm they, what they call
2: it in, in in Oakland and San Fran? Bipping, yeah, <laughs> getting bipped. They, when they, they got they bipping down there the, in uh, L.A. They now Knock out too. the windows and, and pull shit out of the cars. They're doing that shit in front of cops. Yeah, and I've seen like multiple videos on on IG, on YouTube, that's- and stuff. Like right in front of the police. That, that, that's because like if breaking it's not in the vehicle, that's
0: because if they're not stealing more than a thousand dollars,
2: then, then there's, there's no crime. Yeah. They, they know. Yeah. Was it like 900? It's like the limit. They no, know a thousand that bucks, going, a thousand bucks, $999. It's like insane. I don't listen, listen, man. Like I do not feel safe and I feel like if some shit like that goes down, I'm going to end up doing life in prison and not being there for my family. Cause I will end up. doing something else (laughs) i will end up retaliating
0: yeah and so um just a quick quick note on this story, uh, uh, Chris. You, men- you mentioned uh, theft uh, uh, spikes in retail theft, and and this this uh, place that was robbed is a dispensary. But if you notice, it was all bulk flour that was purchased, and so this is actually a micro license. So this was actually the distro that was robbed, as opposed to right. the actual well, retail store. And so I think that's an yeah, important I mean, distinction for people to understand because in cannabis, Jason, in can, in in cannabis yeah, in cannabis, we have an epidemic of people robbing distribution facilities and. And, and cultivations not necessarily just standalone
1: retails
3: and that's for the drugs not the cash because there's right. not a lot of yeah. cash there. no and
1: no. and you know I, i've said this before and, and it's okay i mean I, I totally understand if people disagree but in in my experience you know uh burglaries especially the after hour burglaries i'm not talking robberies i'm not talking like a, a related to the story but after hour burglaries in 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 our experience people are after the product first and then the cash second and so you know I, i'm safe banking you know certainly will help to to some degree but you know there is jason well said you know uh distros are getting getting hit you know left and right and people are after the product
0: that's the target you're not you're not going to steal packaged dates because that's way too much bulk to carry around and try to resell you're trying to go after pound bulk pounds because that's the easiest thing to sell on the streets and on that we got to go to a commercial we're going to be right back Sick of the December cold? Then fly out to Miami in December for Turk Basel, December 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. Presented by Sherbinsky's at Skatebird in Miami, with tons of your favorite brands in attendance for this four-day event, as well as Hyatt 9 News as one of the media. With live performances throughout the week by Dead Prez, Mayday, Visions Band, and Washi Fire. So, do like the birds and fly south to Miami for Turk Basil this winter, December 7th through the 10th in Miami, Florida.
3: Link to that, I'd love, I appreciate. It. We're
0: all and we're back. Up next. You up next, Jason? Sure, why not? We, 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 mean, we can go you? to someone else. It don't matter.
2: No, nah, totally let's go. Let's go. I want, I, want, I want to hear. I want to hear. Oh, you want the, to hear the, about the this? The Hyatt 9 head honcho, known for smoking the best weed in the world, uh, of the unwavering support of uh, uh, freaks, demigods, and— uh, um, uh, 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 And greatest presidents in to, the history of America. Those addicted to deep-hue spray tans. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all know who it is. Jason.
0: Oh, yeah, man. Man, you should have seen all the street interviews I I, I saw last night where people were asking who they're going to be voting for in this next election, and you wouldn't believe the streets were in unanimous support of someone. I'll let you guys take a guess on who that is, but nonetheless... I wonder
2: why, because he, he's, he's going to let more pandemonium go, go down. Oh, God,
0: stop the cap. All right, but nonetheless, you guys, here's the story. Here we here we go, because the feds released a 250 plus pages of redacted documents on marijuana rescheduling recommendation detailing cannabis medical value. That's right. More than three months after the news leaked that the U.S. Health and Human Services Department, the HHS, was recommending that marijuana be moved to Schedule 3 under the Federal Controlled Substances Act, the CSA, the agency was finally released a a trache of documents related to its recommendation and the detailed review it undertook on cannabis-accepted medical value. Among the materials made public are correspondence from HHS officials to Drug Enforcement Administration's DEA Administrator Annie Milligram, That's a great name for her, Annie Milligram, as well as uh, explanations of the health agency's reasoning for the recommended change after conducting a required eight-factor analysis under the CSA. Most pages are heavily redacted, however... And some were totally withheld completely. The documents were posted online on Thursday by attorneys Shane Pennington and Matt Zorn, co-authors of the blog on drugs. And Zorn previously submitted a request under the Freedom of Information Act FOIA to obtain these records. In a quote, he says, we haven't had a chance to wade through it all, the two lawyers wrote. But. We are putting it up here now and will follow up as soon as we've studied everything more deeply, they say. In response to the FOIA request, HHS reviewed 252 pages of records, releasing just two pages in their entirety. Another 236 were redacted in part, while 14 pages were withheld completely. Uh, Broadly, the documents outline new scientific information that came to light in recent years, subsequent to an earlier denial of a rescheduling petition, which HHS suggests might now uh, necessitate rescheduling marijuana. In a quote, the current review is largely focused on modern scientific considerations on whether marijuana has a CAMU, which is C-A-M-U, currently accepted medical use is what that stands for, and on new epidemi- epidemiological data related to the abuse of marijuana in the year since 2015, HHS, uh, the evaluation of marijuana under the CSA's eight-factor analysis. HHS also notes that it analyzed considerable data related to the abuse potential of marijuana, but added that it's a complicated consideration. <laughs> I bet it is. Determining the abuse Abuse potential of a substance is complex with many dimensions, HHS wrote, and no single test or assessment provides a complete characterization. Thus, no single measure of abuse potential is ideal. And that's in quotes from the HHS as well. Most subsequent pages of the document were withheld completely, and HHS's director of FOIA appeals and litigations said in a letter to Zorn that the sections were redacted pursuant to provisions of FOIA law that exempt intra-agency memorandums or letters that would not be available by law to a party other than an agency in litigation with the agency it- <clears throat> Excuse me. In October, HHS released a highly redacted version of the one page letter from the health agency to DEA in response to public records requests by news organizations such as Marijuana Moment and lawyers, including Zorn, which which with uh, with the rescheduling recommendations now in the DEA's hands. Many are watching closely for updates while the Congressional Research Services CRS recently conducted that it was likely that the DEA would follow the HHS recommendations based on on past precedent but dea reserves the right to disregard with the health agency's advice because it has final jurisdiction over the csa you guys that's right earlier this week the governors of six states colorado illinois new york new jersey maryland and louisiana sent a letter to president joe biden urging the administration to reschedule marijuana to end the to, by the end of this year in a quote rescheduling cannabis aligns with safe regulated product that americans can trust says the governor's letter which points to a poll that found 88% of Americans support legalization for medical or adult use purposes. And in quotes, as governors, we might disagree about whether recreational cannabis legalization or even cannabis use is a net positive, but we agree that the cannabis industry is here to stay. The, the states have created strong regulations and supporting the state regulated marketplace is essential for the safety of the American people. The office of Colorado Governor Jared Polis, who led the group letter, said rescheduling will not only alleviate the financial and safety concerns for businesses, but allow a thriving industry to play a full role in the American business environment one of the first state officials to react to this HHS rescheduling recommendation. Polis told Biden in a letter in September that while he expects DEA will expeditiously complete its review and move marijuana to Schedule 3, the policy change may be coupled with further administrative and congressional action to promote health, safety, and economic growth. Meanwhile, six former DEA heads and former White House drug czars sent in a letter to Attorney General and the current DEA administrator voicing opposition to the top federal health agency's recommendation to reschedule marijuana. They also made a questionable claim about the relationships between drug schedules and criminal penalties in a way that could exaggerate the potential impact of the incremental reform. (laughs) Signatories include DEA and Office of National Drug Control Policy heads under multiple administrations led by presidents of both major parties, and in October advocates and lawmakers who support cannabis reform, uh, marked the one-year anniversary of Biden's mass marijuana pardon and scheduling directive this month by calling him to do more including by expanding the scope of relief that his pardon had by expressly supporting federal legalization and two GOP senators, including the lead Republican sponsor of a marijuana banking bill that cleared a cure committee last month, recently filed uh, filed new legislation to prevent federal agencies from rescheduling cannabis without, without tacit approval from Congress, a coalition of 14 Republican congressional lawmakers. Meanwhile, is urging the DEA to reject the, the, the top federal health agency's recommendation to reschedule marijuana and instead keep it in the most restrictive category under the CSA. And I must say in this situation, I agree with these 14 Republican lawmakers and the DEA as far as keeping it as a schedule one in lieu of moving it to schedule three. But I want to hear what you guys have to say. And this is Jason Beck for the high at nine news. What do y'all think?
3: I agree with you. I am not a fan of schedule three. I will recognize that your President Trump uh, did absolutely in in changing the rules because of hemp. CBD has failed the eight-factor test, and the DEA has to change its definition away from all constituents. Uh, I would like to draw our attention to the States Act 2.0. Uh, which removes cannabis from Schedule 1 and the DEA's purview entirely uh, if anyone is looking for something to support you're, rather you're, than—
0: you're, you're, you're talking about the State's Reform Act, the Nancy Mace bill, right?
3: The State's Act 2.0, uh, and actually, I don't—she—hold on, let me pull it up for you, right? Okay. Here I have it. Uh, it was Representative David Joyce, joined by four colleagues, Earl Blumenauer of Oregon, Brian Mast of Florida, Lori Chavez de Remmer of Oregon, and Troy Carter of Louisiana introduced a revised version of the Strengthening the Tenth Amendment Through Entrusting States Act, otherwise known as the States Act. As the name implies, the bill seeks to bring U.S. marijuana policy more in line with the Tenth Amendment and federalism and it will remove marijuana as a substance covered by the federal controlled substances act
0: so it would deschedule cannabis
3: yes sir and that is okay. what we should still be asking for in my humble opinion yes
0: awesome awesome yes. awesome 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 awesome
2: cuz if not we
0: going just bust. dropped
3: this yes. week so you haven't heard about it yet maybe that should have been my news story mm. damn it no, it's let's,
0: right.
2: let's make, make sure we uh we have that at the top of the week next week yes let's, let's just
0: talk about that yeah 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 i would definitely want to talk about that because that's a that, that's a new bill that uh so- sounds interesting and i'm glad to see some evolution on their parts uh in, in, in regards to this adam where did you go oh we we got some shit going on over here adam I'm all yeah. the way over here. Yeah, don't worry. I'm don't all the way over here. Don't worry, we're moving you back in frame, bro. You're back. You're back. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, you guys. I'm like we're sitting in Mister
3: Doctor close-up on
0: Doctor T right there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry that about. It's like sitting
3: guys. in Santa's lap.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. We 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 apologize for the inconvenience.
0: And,
1: and yeah. Anyway. Like
2: uh, 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 how how long ago was this now? Or is it six months? They gave yeah. that uh they, they gave that recommendation, man. Like 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 I said yesterday, like Republicans are picking up this, and um if if Biden does not make a move uh one way or another, at least give some lip service uh to to moving in one way or the other like i you know forty five is ever the opportunist, whether he believes in one thing or not, I don't think he believes in anything, yeah, but he does go with the sentiment of the crowd. He goes with what the crowd tells him to go with, and I could see him hijacking the cannabis argument for the and, people. Um, for the people. Yeah, and, and what else is uh, uh, Joe Biden or the Democrats going to have as a positive note going into next year's election?
3: I don't know health rights for women, but also um, <laughs> just as the only
2: yeah, good, good one. Point. Uh, yeah, yeah, good, good point. Yeah, just saying
3: yeah, it it, it definitely uh, uh, matters. But uh, we'll find out on Monday because that is when this is due. Monday the 12th. Well, Stay tuned.
0: So sweet, sweet, sweet. Look, we're going to have some spice to talk about. You got any thoughts on this, Dr. T or Dr. Mark?
4: Oh, it sounds like bullshit lip service to me.
0: Oh, yeah, there we go. There's some spice right there, Yeah, Mark. it's nice and yeah. cold up there. in The frozen tundra of Vermont. Yeah. Isn't
3: that Latin, uh, Dr. Mark? I just, it sounds scientific. It's all yeah. right. Say that again. I asked if that was Latin from your medical training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, it just seems like, you know, everyone's got a bill in Congress, and everyone's talking about, you know, rescheduling. You know, rescheduling is not is not feasible it tells you how not clued in they are because you can't dispense schedule 3 substances in the way that the the cannabis industry works right now so they would have to make an exception or the dispensing of Schedule 3 cannabis. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. And Schedule 3 drugs are made by FDA-registered facilities that have GMP protocols in place, and there's really few and far between in the cannabis industry. And and people are striving to get to GMP, but GMP, there's a high economic hurdle to it because it requires a lot of... um, internal analytics and testing capabilities that, you know, these cannabis companies just can't afford because they're just running from pillar to post right now just to stay in business, let alone try to get GMP certified. So um, where they should be focusing this is on the hemp derived cannabinoids because they're Indeed, these things aren't extracted from plant sources. These things are being made as active ingredients that are being included into products without the regulatory oversight that's mandatory in the rest of the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. So there's really not a level playing field. And if you believe the economics, the um, larger addressable market of the psychoactive hemp just completely dwarfs the the cannabis industry. All the all the state uh, businesses combined can't even hold a candle. It's like an order of magnitude difference. Mm-hmm. There's billions of dollars mm-hmm. being made in this psychoactive cannabis or psychoactive hemp thing. And you know all the government did was kick the can down the road. Yep. So exactly. this thing is yep. just going to continue exactly. for another year.
0: And and I can't believe I'm saying this, you know what I mean? But I'm I'm with the DEA on this, and I hope that they don't reschedule at all. I hope that they that that that's that's my hope. I do not want to see cannabis move to Schedule Three because it'll be an absolute nightmare for everybody. But on that, we got to keep this train rolling. We are going to roll right into the dope dad himself, Mister Rico Lamite, the man that's all smiles. Until the shit is going down. And that's right, it is none other than the dope dad himself, Rico LeMite.
2: Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. You know, um, a lot of the crazy things have gone down this week. Salacious headlines, scandals, folks getting caught up for pushing big packs illegally, snitch allegations thrown at industry staples. Um, the first week of December's industry news has not been boring at all. And um, I don't want to take away from all the, the other big headlines we've been covering, but I felt the need to, uh, to, to, to cover today um, a little bit of positivity, you know, for a couple of reasons. Number one, headlines, crazy relatable, given the circumstances we've been talking about so far on the show today, then um, also surrounding this case, uh, Um, um And uh, number two is finally a positive follow-up to one of the first stories that I actually covered in the news, in this News and Opinion Lane, over the last three years of reading the top industry headlines with Jason, uh, um, even though we were under another label at the time. Um, So let's get into it. Three and a half years ago, May 2020, 34-year-old LaRue Bratcher, an OKC-based father of five, U.S. Army veteran, and licensed grower in the state of Oklahoma was charged with first-degree murder for shooting and killing 42-year-old Daniel Hardwick, an armed assailant who had broken into his cultivation facility in an attempted burglary gone wrong. Bratcher called uh, 911 after the shooting Hardwick um, and says that he was attempting to fire warning shots, but one ricocheted, striking the burglar, eventually leading to his death. It was the second night in a row that Hardwick had attempted to break into Bratcher's shop. Understandably, he was rattled. After attempt number one, Bratcher was on watch, locked and loaded, and prepared to defend his property. Court documents show Bratcher grabbed his gun when he heard someone at the back door and asked the stranger what he was doing before firing three shots. Bratcher told the police at the time that the door was locked and secured when he uh, started shooting. Officers contra- uh, contacted the Oklahoma Medical uh, Marijuana Authority to ensure Bratcher's business was legal, but discovered his license had been expired. It expired January 1st, and he had failed to pre- uh, properly secure a renewal. So they arrested and booked him for growing without a license. He set his bond at 5000 and uh, the district attorney's office charged him with second-degree murder. Out on bond, home chilling with his wife, Vicki, uh, and his six-month-old, a, a six-month-old daughter was in his arms. Police stormed in, aimed the guns in both parents' faces, and ended up taking Larue back in with updated first-degree murder charges. Local reports of the incident painted Bratcher as a cold-blooded, murderous trap farmer in illegal possession of $1.5 million worth of marijuana with intent to distribute, with 480 plants on his property without proper licenses. Authorities claimed Oklahoma's self-defense laws did not protect Bratcher because he was operating under a lapsed license. Three years later, after successfully negotiating an Alford plea this February, meaning he accepted but did not plead guilty to, the charge of manslaughter by resisting criminal attempt, Bratcher's first-degree murder charge was downgraded back to second, and he was still facing manslaughter— unlawful cultivation of a controlled uh, dangerous substance, possession of a controlled dangerous substance, and possession of a weapon while committing a felony. He's been awaiting sentencing since, and news broke yesterday that Bratcher's second-degree murder charge was dismissed, and the four other charges were suspended, and he'll now serve just 10 years of probation. Can I get a round of applause for that, Jason? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, my God.
2: There's a feel-good story. I'm I'm going to finish here. I'm going to get a little emotional here, you know what I'm saying? Uh, So uh, definitely uh, not the complete vindication many believe that he deserves, but um, he can now rest easy at home for the holidays with his family. Um, And this one really hit home for me when it went down. Uh, My own daughter was just a month old at the time. Uh, We're at the height of the pandemic, and everyone was on high alert. And to see another black man in our industry to go through this kind of shit, uh, in a state that most other cases side with, you know, citizens lawfully exercising their Second Amendment rights, it just—he uh, was just trying to feed his family after the state was actually delayed the renewal uh, of his license due to COVID administrative backlogs. It hit hard for me at the time, and um, I'm just happy to see this, man. You know, I'm, I'm trying not to get was, like, too emotional on this, but um, it really, really hit hard. And um, I really wish LaRue, his uh, his wife Vicky, and their beautiful family nothing but the best of wishes going forward, and whether they decide to stay in the game or not, that they ultimately find peace and uh, get a chance to live the rest of their days together as uh, drama-free as possible. Big love to the Bratchers and prayers out to everybody else finding themselves in similar situations. I'm Rico meet the dopest dad on the street. Y'all can have it now. Big, big man, big left.
0: Man, big, big props to 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 this gentleman and, and and to his family. They've had to endure a lot. And we don't want to want to send nothing but love and congratulations to them. He gets to be home with his family for yeah. the holidays. And that's that that's a real big deal right there.
2: Yeah, man. Love to see that. He's gonna be home with his family. And um mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a very, very unfortunate case, man. Like um, protecting his family, uh, protecting his uh his investment, protecting everything, and um he wasn't. He didn't get his license renewed. He mm. didn't get his license renewed, and um, it was all backlogged in, uh, uh, as, as well. So, um, dude tried two nights in a row, right, uh, to break in and burglarize his place, and he wasn't even trying to shoot and kill him. And exactly. uh, ended up, yeah, ended up killing him. And he ended and he was facing life in prison for something like this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But he's home. He's That's home. That's right. And this is in Oklahoma yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it's
3: not just california there is it no
0: well oklahoma Uh, oklahoma oklahoma does have the best laws for gun carrying and cannabis together and in cannabis too yeah Yeah, that's what i'm saying together if if you if if you are properly licensed yes they have the best they have the best framework go for it well
3: it is the difference with administrative issues uh as well and these administrative issues and backlogs have have caused a a litany of knock-on effects um for for a lot of operators not being able to get grants not being able to get uh insurance uh it's it's um this was the one of the worst examples and i just really appreciate good news on a friday thank you rico oh yes
0: yes. and on that good note we're going to go to a commercial we're going to be right back how's it going guys saman razani coming to you from green street here with jason beck smoking on the best weed in the world Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon,
4: iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out.
0: Oh, yeah. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure that you hit that like button. I know we will appreciate it. YouTube will appreciate it, and you inside of your heart will appreciate it as well. Also, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not subscribed already and all the articles that you see on. Uh, that we that we talk about and discuss on the show you can read directly on our website at www.hiat9news.com. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the DAB. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient DAB experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated
2: You with us, Rico? Yeah. I mean, it's it's showing that you were supposed to be introing, but um, I can do it, man. So Really? Up next, we have your doctor's doctor's doctor, one of the true OGs in the game, and he is up there, you know, co-founder of CESC, and always bringing the data, bringing the heat, and bringing the education to the masses. My favorite, man. And if I ever get a license, if I ever get a medical card again, I'm coming to see Dr. Jean. Telleran, let's go, let's go,
5: let's
2: go. Oh yeah. What you got for us today, Doctor T? He's
0: frozen. he's frozen. Oh shit! I think Doctor T is frozen, bro. He's
3: he appears frozen. to be in the matrix. Yes,
0: he's frozen. He's in the matrix. So let's let let us skip on let let's skip over to Doctor Mark, and we'll come back to Doctor T when he when he breaks uh, out of the matrix. Is he back? Are you there, Doctor T? My- well, there he goes. We're
2: having some internet difficulties, Doctor T. Doctor T, I think you got locked up in that in that, in that, in that, in 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 the that triangle that Zod got the locked up in. Yeah, Superman, Zod got trapped in that. The... <laughs> He's in there writing him a wreck. Oh man. <laughs> oh boy. So uh, okay, let's let's, let's go let's go, the end the <laughs> let's go to Let's go the opposite end of the uh, of the country. We have the man, the myth, the legend out there popping those booth cart peddlers and always breaking us down with a little science lesson of the week. Dr. Mark, shout out. What you got for us? Dr. Mark.
4: Hey, thanks, Rico. Can everybody hear me?
2: Yep, you're good.
4: Am I stuck inside the Illuminati? <laughs> <laughs> that part. No, I'm okay. You guys can hear me. Great. Well, happy Friday, everyone. Uh, My story today comes from High Times and it's entitled Hemp Cannabinoids Could Be the Source of New Pesticides. A new study by researchers at Cornell University has found that cannabinoids could one day have applications as natural pesticides. Recent research into the potential uses of hemp shows that cannabinoids produced in the plant could one day be the source of new natural pesticides, according to researchers at Cornell University in Ithaca, New York. Uh, The study by scientists at the School of Integrative Plant Science at Cornell AgriTech's uh, College of Agriculture and Life Sciences, which they uh, haven't, cool acronym CALS, C-A-L-S. <laughs> uh, found that higher concentrations of cannabinoids in leaves of hemp plants showed less damage from chewing insects compared with other leaves that were less rich in cannabinoids the researchers hope that the study Uh, uh, that uh, further study could build on these uh, initial findings to eventually produce new natural insecticides most likely for use uh, on non-edible plants only Uh, the the potential for using uh, new pesticides on food crops seems highly unlikely at this point because of the pharmacological effects of cannabinoids including CBDA THCA say GBGA which I'm absolutely certain they mean CBGA (laughs) which can be converted into THC uh, CBD and CBG respectively with the addition of heat uh, in a process known as decarboxylation Larry smart a plant breeder and professor at Cal's. Uh, says that the uh, researchers have identified the intoxicating and medicinal effects of cannabinoids uh, that are produced exclusively in uh, cannabis plants since the compounds were first identified decades ago but little research has been conducted to determine exactly why cannabis plants develop uh, these compounds with more than, uh, uh 11, or uh, I'm sorry, more than a hundred distinct substances. Um, it has been speculated that there are defense, that these are defense compounds because they're primarily accumulating in the female flowers to protect seeds, which is fairly commons in plants. Smart said. Uh, the senior author of the study, according to the report in Hemp Today. But no one has put together a comprehensive set of experimental results to show the direct relationship between the accumulation of these cannabinoids and their harmful effects to insects the research was conducted as part of Cornell's hemp breeding program which was launched by the Ivy League University in upstate New York in 2017 the program began its work by evaluating different commercially available hemp cultivars uh, so recommendations could be made to farmers about what varieties are best to suit local soil and climate The researchers noticed that varieties of hemp from a breeding program in the Ukraine ah that's very interesting strains from the Ukraine uh, did not produce cannabinoids but were highly susceptible to damage from Japanese beetles oh yeah Japanese beetles will tear that stuff up other hemp varietals uh, that produce cannabinoids were not uh, similarly prone to the damage from the insects. The absence of cannabinoids, we saw heavy insect damage, and the presence of cannabinoids, we saw much less insect damage, said Smart. The researchers then isolated CBDA and CBGA for use in controlled insect feeding studies. THCA was not a part of the research because of the federal limits on THC that prevents Cornell researchers from working with the compound the cannabinoid extracts were uh, added to artificial insect diet in varying concentrations and the researchers found Uh, that the insect larvae grew less and had less uh, lower rates of survival as the concentration of cannabinoids were increased. So that shows what's called a dose-response effect. The higher the dose of cannabinoids, the more potency their uh, insecticidal action was. Uh, The study gives us insight into how cannabinoids function in natural systems and can help us develop new THC compliant cultivars that maintain these natural built-in defenses against herbivores said george stack a postdoctoral research in smarts lab and one of the authors of the study the researchers plan on inv- uh, further investigation to determine if sap sucking insects such as aphids are also adversely affected by cannabinoids However stack noted that the research is hint, hindered by the continued illegality of marijuana at the federal level the potential use of cannabinoids as a pesticide is an exciting area for the future but there will certainly be regulatory barriers due to pharmacological activity of the compounds and we need uh, and more studies are needed to understand what pest cannabinoids will be effective stack said. Study cannabinoids as uh, in defense as chewing herbivores in cannabis was published in the uh, in October in the peer-reviewed journal Horticulture Research. So this is super super interesting because I think we know that cannabinoids are safe for humans. So uh, certainly, if you develop uh, pesticides and pesticides are nasty chemicals that kill bugs and keep bugs from. Destroying plants and food crops and whatnot. If we could use cannabinoids in replace of these other insecticides, we know that even though they point out in the article, it probably won't be applied to food products. Well, that's because of the whole, you know, ooh, these are cannabinoids and it might be scary. What makes a, a, a insecticide today is not necessarily a compound that kills bugs, but it's a compound that, when applied, kills the bugs, but by the time that food and produce makes it to market, the uh, uh, pesticide has been either degraded by sunlight or been degraded by hydrolysis from rainwater. or So a lot of these insecticides are, are built to fall apart. They're built to sort of have their action when the farmer sprays them, but then ultimately not have uh, contaminated residuals in the food that you're trying to protect. But uh, I see this as a very exciting development and one of the other reasons why they need the government to uh, delist cannabis, because obviously cannabis's illegality kind of hampers this kind of research, but this is very, very important research and might provide value to other markets for cannabinoids other than human consumption. If we could replace toxic pesticides that are basically not only killing bugs but killing the soil to which they're applied um, and we could replace that with cannabinoids. We know that cannabinoids make good bug food eventually, and they're degraded by bacteria and soil bacteria and whatnot. So I think that products that would be using this technology would ultimately be safe and provide more value to uh, farmers who raise cannabis for a living. So that's my thoughts here on the shores of Lake Champlain on this wonderful Friday afternoon. I'd be interested in what my other correspondents have to say. Here on High at Nine News. Is there sex in the Champlain room? <laughs> Champlain was a French explorer who thought he discovered a lake that natives knew about. <laughs> for many yeah, years, yeah. So. Yeah, count, though. Yeah, it doesn't come until a white
3: man finds it or says it out loud,
4: right? That's, that's right. That's but they certainly start get to name the lake after him, and they've named the university after him. and. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I, I think anyway,
4: this
0: is a fantastic story. All nice this is a fantastic story, Dr. Mark. And I'm so glad that you shared this with us because I don't think we would have we would have found it without without you covering this.
4: Well, and this yeah. is it, it it's really cool to think that you know, again, there's cannabis varieties that because of the terpene expression profile in those varieties, mm-hmm. they're less susceptible to different pests like powdery mildew. And well, so what we find is that, yeah there's a reason why these compounds evolved in the glandular trichomes of the plant mm-hmm. I think it was to attract humans you know and I've said this all before. while, while it's uh, true that terpenes drew humans to cannabis it was the cannabinoids that made them stay <laughs> so um, yeah the cannabinoids could have this insecticidal activity they they're antifungal they have antibacterial activity and so we know that these things like vitamins serve many roles in their interaction with biological systems. It would be great if we could a, a synthetic pesticide product being sold by Syngenta, Bayer, or DuPont with a, a CBD or THC or CVG kind of molecule. That would just be wonderful. <laughs> that would-
3: our, our horticulture instructors have been teaching these concepts for two decades about, um, it, it, it helping. It's also, uh, with the, a, a bit of sun protection, but absolutely insecticide, the THC, mm-hmm. um, helps repel insects. And I, I want to really underline two things. Number one, uh, aphids love cannabis. So I would question that one. Um, but the, uh, how repellent they are, uh, with aphids, but With respect to food, you underlined the use of cannabinoid um, or just the effect of pesticides on food. And foods that we commonly consume, these pesticides that are approved, are to eat the food, not to set it on fire and inhale it, mainlining it into your bloodstream, crossing the blood-brain barrier. And so we also really have to take a look at the method of ingestion, because what's safe for food in your cast-iron stomach that can handle just about anything uh, is not the same for your lungs. It is ju- they're ju- it's is—they're—it's not designed to be that same barrier against a lot of these uh, poisons we commonly consume. And so, there, the the idea of being able to utilize cannabinoid-based pesticides for cannabis as well is is exciting because this is an issue um, as states outlaw, um, and in some cases they should because it's not been properly investigated in this context that I just mentioned of how humans are consuming it. Uh, that that we really have an opportunity to change our entire food system and health of. Uh, where we grow our food and the food web. Uh, it's its really mind-blowing. And, and it's its also just kind of fucking infuriating that we have blocked this research for so long and gone the other direction that is just killing our planet and ourselves slowly.
4: Mm-hmm. More quickly. Well, and you, you, you got to believe that this too provides evidence that there's an endocannabinoid system in these insects and somehow these compounds are acting on it in a way that the insects don't like. Maybe they get disoriented or maybe they, they can't find their next meal and they die, <laughs> you
3: know? Every so. vertebrate and invertebrate that we have studied, including plants, have at the very least rudimentary endocannabinoid systems and the the oldest living creature on earth, the Hydra, it's like a jellyfish looking thing that lives in the sea is something like over 96% similar to our own. It is, we all have an endocannabinoid system. And I, I completely agree with you. The, the, I think the research opportunities, the business opportunities, the pharmacological opportunities, can we not keep it illegal for just adult use at the same time that we study all of these amazing things is my question.
0: Hmm. Yes, I mean, I, I feel you, Dale. I feel you, Dale, but I, I really, really love this story. This is this is great. Uh, I think we got to go to a commercial, though, and we're going to be right back. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smokey Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smokey Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smokey Vanilla, with my background
2: in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport, or the legends of the chronic in the game,
0: baby. Oh, yeah, you know what it is. We just stretched, and now we're going to smoke, because you know what it is.
2: That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Up next, we got a legendary Mary Mama in the house uh, out here representing Oaksterdam University as the executive chancellor. Madam Chancellor, what do you have for us today? Miss Dale Sky Jones.
3: Thank you, for Yo, Daddy. I am the Marijuana Mama. And I am here today to talk about New Jersey, uh, which is very close to my heart right now working with the economic development authority new jersey legal weed is flying off the shelves but there is a catch and this is touching on the good doctors Story. I think uh, it wasn't that long ago that a medical marijuana card was the only way to purchase legal cannabis in New Jersey. Nearly two hours, uh, two years rather, after dispensaries opened up for adult use cannabis sales, medicinal cannabis has become an afterthought to consumers. More than 206 million was spent on cannabis in New Jersey in the third quarter of 2023. That's 206 million in 3 months with almost 177 million going towards adult use purchases according to statistics recently released by New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission medical marijuana which until April of 2022 was the only kind of legal cannabis available in New Jersey has become a smaller and smaller part of the market since then in the third quarter medical marijuana patients spent just about 29 million less than half of the amount spent in the third quarter last year We're seeing patients roll, coming down slightly over time, and additionally, the sales lessening as well. That's what the CRC Executive Director Jeff Brown said at the Commission's December 7th meeting. Increasing adult-use cannabis sales at the expense of medical marijuana sales aren't surprising. The adult-use market has grown by about 10% each quarter this year, while the number of medical marijuana patients has plummeted to less than 94,000, down from an all-time high of more than 128,000 in April of 22. New Jersey dispensaries are required to offer extra benefits to medical marijuana patients, such as as patient only hours and parking, designated checkout lanes, and even separate menus and product inventory. But the financial benefits are minimal. Medicinal cannabis purchases are tax free, but New Jersey has among the lowest cannabis taxes in the country. Go New Jersey with a 6.625 sales tax, and that's on everything you buy in New Jersey, and a $1.52 per ounce social equity excise fee. On Zenleaf Neptune's medicinal menu, an eighth ounce of Indian land race cannabis cost $60 as of December 7th. On the adult use menu, the same product was $65.18 after taxes. In other states, adult use cannabis customers can pay excise taxes of over 20%. So tax-free shopping presents a much greater benefit to patients with the medical marijuana cards in those states. Amidst that decline in patient roles and medical marijuana sales, the Cannabis Regulatory Commission lowered registration and renewal to just $10 for every two years and a free digital identification card for patients. That is a really low barrier to entry. Uh, Thank you, New Jersey. Registration and renewal fees had previously been $50 for most patients or $20 for seniors and other qualifications. Many patients face barriers to accessing treatment due to costs like paying out of pocket for doctor's visits and the cost of cannabis. The CRC, the Cannabis Regulatory Commission, executive director said in a statement, New Jersey CRC is doing everything in our power to eliminate as many barriers as possible to ensure those who can benefit from cannabis treatment remain in the program. And I selected this story very specifically um, to talk through with the good doctors and Dr. Tally Rand because, you know, I recognize that uh, this is a grave concern in many states, while New Jersey is doing what they can uh, to, like, I, I like the ideas of how they are putting patients first in New Jersey, and I think there's more ways that uh, states can do that. Um, I'm curious, uh, Dr. Talleyrand, what you think.
5: Well, you know, I, uh, the the... The adult use issues are—you know, I, I wasn't for it in Cal, in California um, because the fact that it didn't really provide um, a clear path for the medical patient to continue to do what they were doing. Um, and it sounds like there's similar things happening in New Jersey. I didn't completely hear the story. But it sounds like the similar things are happening in New Jersey, and I, and I believe the same thing is happening in Florida. So, um, you know, the plight of the patient is always my concern, and, and uh, what's happening here is problematic for the patient, it seems like.
3: Yeah, and I think that that, that was a, a point back in the day uh, that we, we did disagree on because I, I had felt that patients going to jail was worse for their health um, and better to just take the target off of them so that no one was being arrested, adults or patients, because so many adults really are patients. Uh, it, that said, it wasn't to step on the patients in order to get to the adult use opportunities. And that is unfortunately what's happened. We forgot whose shoulders we stand on that this is medicine first and that medical patients, medicinal patients uh, do need special protections, cheaper prices. Like, are there ways to recognize if you're on um, Medicare or Medi-Cal or, or similar, um, you know, food stamp, SNAP programs, things along those lines that you can just simply, if you're a veteran, that you can just simply get reduced cost medicine, that there are ways for even the taxes um, to account for medicinal use by not just not charging sales tax, but actually supplementing the cost for poor patients. Um, that's what I would like to see next, and, and also for the tax write-offs if you donate.
5: I completely agree, and I don't think I'll have a chance to to read my story, but if you go look at the story, you'll see that Florida— is battling exactly this, and the medical companies are saying no to adult use because of of what the adult use laws are doing. They're sort of reducing patient privacy, they're mandating certain dosages, so they're re- removing the freedom of the patient to use cannabis as medicine um, for legalization reasons, adult use reasons.
3: Let's call it- over- And also the- to protect their oligarchy, but yes.
0: Dr. T, can can you go into your story a bit?
5: What's that? Can you go into your story a bit, Dr. T? Oh, sure. Okay. Let me see. So my headline today is from Marijuana Moment. Florida medical cannabis company asked court to block legalization initiative that would significantly impact its business and patients by Kyle Yeager. So this story reminds me of California before adult use legalization initiative when cannabis was a movement and not yet an industry. Um, So a Florida medical cannabis certification company is seeking to block an adult-use cannabis initiative in the state Supreme Court, arguing that reform disproportionately prioritizes profits from recreational sales and that it would significantly impact our business operations and the well-being of our clients, according to the CEO of My Florida Green, which is the certification group. The court was, has been receiving briefs from the state attorney general, Ashley Moody, who's against the initiative, and the Smart and Safe campaign, mostly supported by Trueleave, who is for the initiative. So My Florida Green, a service that connects patients seeking medical cannabis cards to doctors, is asking the court to allow it to submit an amicus curé brief contesting the initiative. The company says it's not opposed to adult use legalization in principle, but it's arguing that there are potential consequences that would impact patient care and public health. So that's what we were just talking about. While the brief lays out a series of legal considerations, some may question the idea of a medical cannabis company advocating against an adult use expansion, which may reduce demand for services such as those offered by My Florida Green. States that legalize cannabis generally see adult use sales eclipse those for medical cannabis use as the market evolves. Garrelay, the CEO of My Florida Green, told Marijuana Moment in a phone interview that while he can 100% understand why people might, um, why pe- uh, that he can 100% understand why people might assume there's a financial element to the complaint, they couldn't be any more wrong. I'm in the trenches," he said. I'm literally dealing with these people on a daily basis to service their needs. We help people alleviate their symptoms. We help people get off or reduce the need for prescription drugs. We help people reduce the need for alcohol, improve their quality of sleep, lower their anxiety, and improve their quality of life. So the notice argues that the adult use initiative may infringe upon individual privacy rights and equal protection under the law by requiring medical disclosures and dosage restrictions. The brief calls into question the objective of the, of the amendment in that it contradicts the initial medical law that is intended to promote the health and wellness of the residents. Finally, the brief also refers to Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, the case that determined the states that states hold authority in health-related policies and overturn federal abortion rights by adopting adult use laws. The state would no longer maintain the state would no longer maintain the health related authority. So this battle in Florida brings me back to the argument that the arguments that were made in California before our adult use initiative, although these folks have their act together, they're submitting briefs to the state Supreme Court and have the state attorney general on their side. I support adult use, or I prefer calling it over-the-counter use. However, in California, we regret passing Prop sixty-four. Industry was not ready. Overtaxation and the lack of federal legalization forced legacy cultivators out of business or back into the illegal market. For medical patients, that meant the quality of accessible products went down and the costs went up. I'm recommending against adult use in Florida. Make true leave figure out how to ensure medical cannabis patients don't pay a syntax for the adult use over the counter market like we are in California. Who would you support TrueLeave or my Florida Green and the state AG? This is Dr. Jean Talleyrand for High Nine News.
0: Man, this is an interesting situation mm. going on over there in Florida dr t oh, this it is feels a whole like biden little, or
3: trump one. yeah this is like yeah, we
2: gotta we got, a, we got a giant douche versus a turd sandwich yeah going on here you gotta <laughs> got pick one of them <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> i was arguing this eight years ago in california mm-hmm. saying bring on legalization but you're forgetting our patients and you know we're hurting yeah, out so.
3: before could have done so much better and i agree with you uh they, they had every opportunity to get good policy, and I am still bitter and angry about that right along with you, Dr. Talleyrand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that both, I think we can have responsible use, and that's what I've kind of switched to, you know, adult use, medicinal use. What we're really talking about is responsible use. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that there is a way for adults to choose cannabis over alcohol or cigarettes. Without necessarily making it a medical condition, or worrying about getting pulled over on the you know on the way home and having it in their trunk, uh, so we we you know I think the intention of how to protect patients in the policy is what has been lacking. It's not the policy of adult legalization so much as how it has been approached by those that didn't understand the consequences. And frankly, I was on the inside of the rooms; they didn't care. They just wanted a win in the column. They did not give a shit what the policy looked like or became mm-hmm. later. And they all promised, we'll come back and help you fix it. Mm-hmm. It's up to us to keep demanding what you're talking about, Dr. Talleyrand. You're
0: so right about that, Dale. So, so right about that. The
2: people lose again. Except for in Ohio this, Except for in Ohio this, people this week. People won in this. Ohio. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. just get yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta give. You know, I, I'm not really. I don't know. Troy's not in the audience today, but um, I don't. Re- I don't really uh, give too much props to Ohio ever. But big uh, <laughs> hey. props to Ohio and the people won mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, they did. So, um,
0: I think. I think one of the main reasons they won is because everybody was so mad about the big loss to Michigan.
2: Yeah, uh, maybe maybe that's what got me. I, I think that I, we... think that's,
0: I think that contributed to the
3: to
2: the
0: underlying uh, uh, you know eventuality.
2: Sports and weed bring people together, man. Yeah, they do. Well, two things that bring people together. Yeah.
3: Good old fashioned you know? competition. I'll agree. Facts.
2: Yes. All right, so on that, I know we're a little over time today, but uh, thank you all for joining us for yet another, yet a, a, yet another week of High at Nine News. You can always catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love, getting our comments posted live on the big screen, to our live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the daily headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. To our vetted... Reddit- Correspondent team tuning in from all over, bringing us much-needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table as well. To our production team, cloud media partners, big Adam holding things down uh, behind the scenes, keeping our lights on and uh, our AV struggles to a minimum. As always, cannabis, sativa, L—the reason we show up to read these stories every single day. Thank you, as thank you too, baby girl. And uh, you know, guys, you guys know what? It's Friday, December eighth. The first full week of December is in the books, and you've been blessed with it. Top industry headlines mm-hmm. of December so far. Hope it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until Monday. My name is Rico. Let me the dopest dad on the street. Signing off for uh, High at 9 News. And uh, we're going to give it to Dr. T. I know you had a little uh, technical difficulties today. Got a little uh, a positivity for the people. Going to leave us with over the weekend? Yeah.
5: Let's remember during the holidays that there are those out there still suffering from illness. And, uh, you know, good cheer. Hang out with your family and and remember those that are less fortunate than you.
0: And don't forget, Dr. T, you got to tell them to support the CrossFade. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no fade like <laughs> the crossfade. We need, that's more, right.
5: studies. We need more studies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. So study with your relatives this holiday season. Study the crossfade.
5: Study the crossfade, right. <laughs> <laughs>